Okay, I think we're ready to begin now. So we started, or sorry, we completed chapter 2 of God and of the Holy Trinity. We're now on the decrees of God. I think this is where things get a little bit more uh, spicy, if you will. So if the first chapter and the second chapter were foundational, right, as dogmas and doctrines of the Christian faith, of God, of His Word, right, we studied His Word and then we studied God. This is now like, we're, we're going to build on that foundation and start to understand some of the more uh, intricate details, right? Sort of uh, more detailed components and doctrines uh, that I think will conjure a much more conversation than the previous two. So if you found the previous two like, oh, I've heard this before, elementary, I think this is where we're going to start seeing a lot more opportunity for us to have uh, discussion and engagement. So we're going to read 3.1 and 3.2 together. So chapter 3 is of, is of God's <coughs> eternal decree. So in your confession of faith, if you turn to two, 3.1 and 3.2, we'll read them together. We'll have one person read 3.1 and another read 3.2. So whether you have the historical text or the modern, whichever version you have, if you got it, uh, can I get one volunteer for 3.1? Esli? <coughs> read? Oh, okay, read now. Okay, so yes. 3.1, God from all eternity did by the most wise and holy counsel of his own will, freely and unchangeably ordain whatsoever comes to pass. Yet so, as thereby neither is God the author of sin, nor is violence offered to the will of the creatures, nor is the liberty or contingency of second causes taken away, but rather established. Mm -hmm. And then 3.2, can we get a reader for 3.2? Anyone? Who's got it? Sarah? Although God knows whatsoever made, or intent of the past, and all the different creatures, yet hath he not decreed anything because he foresaw it as a future, or as that which would come to pass in all the Thank you. So, lots to chew on here, right? Lots to discuss. I think the language itself is very much like stirring to the mind to think about some of the ramifications, right? You're going to start thinking these things through. Uh, so in our discussion today, hopefully we'll be able to, so getting to the scripture proofs is going to be important and then hopefully we'll be able to conjure some really great uh, inquiries and questions and, and thoughts on this topic uh, of God's eternal decree. So of course, some of, it's fundamental, it's very important. A lot of people have a, a proper or at least some, some level of understanding of predestination and election but not having foundationally an understanding of God's eternal decrees um, causes a misunderstanding in that understanding of predestination and election. Okay, so we will get there. Let's discuss it. But before we do, let me pray. God, we thank you so much. We thank you for this time as a church that we can engage um, with uh, the standards and with the confessions. We ask that these things, as the divines have written for us, uh, will be enlightening for us today. We look to your word. As the, as the soul down to the truth and we ask uh, that it will uh, again just shed light on uh, what has been recorded for us as a confession of our faith. We thank you for your listening. Okay, God's eternal decree. Let's take some time now as we do each week. Work through it. So have your Bibles uh, ready to get to the scripture proofs. It's going to be important you understand these terms. Uh, just really as a group, try to fish out as many questions as you possibly can. And let's really get down to the bottom of understanding what 
3.1, mean. Uh, so we'll give you as much time as you need, really. Um, we'll start with 15 minutes, but we'll see what we need after that um, and engage you from there. Okay? So take some time in your groups to discuss, and then one representative afterwards uh, to share with us some of your findings and thoughts and questions, uh, and then we'll share those things together. Okay? So we'll give you some time. Okay, I think we're going to reconvene now and I mean obviously this is a topic we can we're likely going to continue to try to understand, right? So no problem there. Okay, let's go group by group. Uh, who would like to start? So each group, they'll just share like a couple things you thought about, uh, some of the things that stood out to you maybe, and any questions. Questions are really helpful, so questions, if we can discuss those things together, will be very profitable for all of us. So, which group would like to begin? I'm going to start over here, Corey Pax group. Okay, cool. All right. I think the, so 3.1, first half is pretty self-explanatory. Up until you know, God from all eternity down to uh, whatsoever comes to pass. I think most people would agree that's pretty straightforward. Yes. Uh, where things come get a little wonky and hard to understand is when stuff like uh, violence offered to the will of the creatures mm. phrase comes into play, and mm -hmm. uh, second causes. I think those two yes. are the two big. Or you, could, you can throw in contingency <coughs> in there, but I think people figured that one out. Yes. Uh, but. Violence off to the will of creatures and second causes were the two big sort of question points uh, for the group. Yes. And I won't talk about 3.2, but. Sure. What were those questions, just out of curiosity? So, well, I, I posed what is a second cause? And yes. I don't think, well, maybe because I missed it from earlier chapters, or I, I don't know, but mm -hmm. uh, I think Jesse just sort of helped us understand what second cause meant by Ooh. finding what a first cause was. Okay, what and is the first cause? I'll segue that into Jesse now. <laughs> Jesse will share what a first cause is and then the second cause is. <laughs> wow, wow. <laughs> Philosophers <laughs> of this. <laughs> Some deep Okay, so Jesse, first cause, what is that? God is first cause, essentially. Yes, okay? <laughs> right. Mm Secondary. <laughs> <laughs> Can you repeat that? I didn't catch it then. Yes. Yes. There's more complexity to that, but yes, yes, you are right. There's a. We have. We? Oh, oh, oh. Oh, oh. Oh, oh. Oh, oh. Last name, that's your last June name. June Wheat. <laughs> 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 Good 
conservation yeah. professor. Conservation. <laughs> 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 we have, like, God has allowed, like, certain freedoms, like, take place. Uh, we have, you know, we can kind of do what we want to do. Um, mm -hmm. Like, Leslie mentioned, he could drop his phone. Uh, okay. And it will drop. Um, yeah. So those are, like, any nature, like, anything that God just kind of has created allowed to take place. Um, but those things uh, that are happening in the world, like, uh, seemingly just out of each other, like, out of their own wills, is eventually for God's will as well. And that's the second cause of, I guess, his will. Mm -hmm. um, but the first cause is directly his, you know, his causes, like, him doing things. Uh, the second cause is out of the things that are just happening. <laughs> but those are also ordained. Uh, through, those are also ordained to be God's will. I got what you're saying. I got what you're saying. I'm not um, a good explainer. <laughs> no, that's. I, I I imagine the other groups would have questions on these things anyway. So, with before we get to the final sort of statements on the stuff, let's kind of walk through each group and see what other thoughts. Because they might have some insight that will answer some of these things, right? But anything else from this group in regard to what you read? Uh, three point two. I made a, a reference to Doctor Strange. Doctor Strange. <laughs> the time stone scene at the, what is it? Infinity, Infinity War? War? Yeah. So when he's looking at the... Okay. So secular. I know what you're thinking about. As you're so secular. Monism. As he is Doctor Strange. <laughs> so when I read, read 3.2, that image came into mind and that God already knows or has already mapped out those essentially infinite possibilities of how the world is going to play out depending on the conditions. Okay. Um, but what, where we drew the distinction, obviously, between Doctor Strange and God is that um, for it, in Infinity War, you had to meet those certain conditions for the outcome that the, the heroes want to happen. Whereas mm. for God, he already set out the perfect path that will play out uh, in history of humanity. Mm. I get it. Get it. That's great. So this is where um, you're bringing up a really important thing because when this conversation of free will and uh, God's uh, providence and sovereignty and this conversation occurs in Christian circles, it's no surprise to me that churches that tend to stray from the faith or Orthodox Christianity is are churches that stray away from this particular doctrine. Right? This is at the core of many like issues in today's like liberal churches. Um, is that they will s they want to celebrate human liberality and choice, right? And it's rooted in a good thought, 
the good thought is I don't want to make God the author of my sin. Right now, of course, the divines are saying, well, God is not the author of your sin, and yet they'll, there's this uh, perception on the Armenian side that Calvinists are claiming that God is the author of sin, right? And that's just a misunderstanding of the doctrine of faith, right? So it's important that we're going through this because as Calvinists, um, we can hold to God as sovereign, God has eternally decreed all things, God has ordained all things, but he is not the author of sin, right? And we can hold to that if we hold to what we learned in chapter one, which is that the holy scriptures, the, the way, the method by which God has revealed Himself, teaches us those very things, right? And although it might contradict in the human mind, there is no contradiction in reality because God has ordained such things to be a certain way, right? So, to put it simply, He has ordained all things in a manner in which He is not the author of sin, and that's hard to like grasp, like philosophically from a human mind. Um, and it's difficult because it naturally contradicts in our mind. How could you know all things and you know, command or uh, ordain all things to be and yet not be responsible for the thing that happens, right? That's an interesting question. Okay, um, next group. Let's go to Richard and Mikey, the incredibly high-level theology group over here. Good, Mikey, what did you say? Incredibly high. <laughs> <laughs> I think uh, the first group pretty much like, you know, pretty much stole the thunder. Um, so they stole the thunder. We, we talked about thou shalt not steal. Thou shalt yeah. not steal. They, they stole the thunder. Commandment. It was your thunder, and they stole it. Do not come in. Do not come So um, it is forbidden. We wanted to. Uh, oh, they took away everything. So contingency is. Uh, I, we'll just define things because we had like to. Yeah. To like get deep into these things. So contingency is the opposite of necessity. Mm. Necessity means must take place. Mm -hmm. Contingency means could have happened otherwise. Mm -hmm. um, so with respect to the first cause, which is God. Yes. We agree everything is necessary. Yes. There is no contingency with respect to the first cause. But with respect to second causes, us, there is liberty and contingency. However, yes. that liberty contingency is still fully, um, it infallibly complies with, agrees with God's eternal decrees. Right, so the experience of free will ultimately is the fulfillment yes. of the providence exactly. of God. It's exactly. very interesting, it works out that way, doesn't infallibly it? Reformed, yeah. Infallibly, reformed Jews work infallibly complies with yes. so, um, so yeah, that's what we, uh, and, and Mikey brought it up that, uh, Mikey was like, this is not hard to understand. This is impossible to understand. Like, how to reconcile the two? Yes. Um, it's, uh, we just can't. Because like, Mikey was saying, like, if, if God is, if everything's necessary, like, free will can't exist. Mm -hmm. Surely, philosophical perspective, it's impossible. Yeah. But, so, some, some Christians will say, like, okay, let's let's deny the sovereignty so we can uphold free will, right? Yeah. So that, that's the other philosophical option, is just to have pure human free will. Where this world is, like, chaotic mass, right? Philosophically, those are your only two options, but because, as you said, because of chapter one of scripture, like scripture teaches both, right? Yes. So we, by faith, have to accept both. Yes. So we, we said it's a mystery and we need to have faith. Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. Which we are readily and willingly 
uh, admitting that there is mystery to this. Yeah. And the mystery is that we cannot fully fathom nor understand the entirety of this doctrine, if you will. But we can understand the components that scripture reveals to us very plainly. There's also another philosophical view called compatibilism that I think more so aligns with what scripture teaches. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Uh, I think a good word to relate to contingency is also dependence. Mm -hmm. Our wills are very dependent on God's will. Mm -hmm. And because God's will is independent of all things. Yes. Yes, yes. Absolutely. For sure. It, it's very important that we understand this because otherwise we will lean one way or the other which is what we like to do naturally in our minds is to say well we're not responsible for this sin then because God has ordained it or we are fully responsible and God is not involved at all but that's as problematic like if, if you're the Armenian you're saying like God is not uh, responsible for this sin because clearly there is libertarian free will on this right but then what you're essentially saying is you're diminishing God as God, right? You're saying he does not have knowledge or ordination over such things, which puts into question, well, what else does he need? <laughs> does he not have <laughs> you know, um, providence over? And that's problematic. Um, it's problematic for me, and the reason why I rested on um, like leaning towards Calvinism is because of that very fact that in a world where that free will exists, completely... Uh, non-dependent on God's will, then he's basically decreeing a, wor a world and a universe in which people, uh, no one might be saved. Right? He could die on a cross for our sins and s yet still have no one be saved. Right? It's, it's quite problematic in my opinion if that's the case. Yeah, we were talking about how like, if God, if, if that's true, like that free will view is true, like if God wanted to save Tanvi, at uh, 9 p.m. tomorrow. Let's say Tabi wasn't saved. And then Tabi wears high heels in the afternoon and she cracks her head and then she dies and she goes to hell. Like, <laughs> that, that's one of the conclusions if you have a pure free will. Yes. Right? Like, she could have cracked her head because of high heels and that she yes. didn't get saved, right? But that yes. can't make sense. Biblically speaking, that's false. Yes, right? yes, 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 yes. Sorry, Tabi. <laughs> For sure. Don't wear high heels. Don't wear high heels. Don't crack the head. That is, that is important. Wow, great insights. Very, very good. Thank you, thank you. Enjoy Hillsong. Enjoy Hillsong. Enjoy Hillsong. Just kidding. Um, okay. Who would like to speak? This is a very non-speaking group. I know. I don't know who to pick. Jess, you, you, you're up. Well, now you're the new Zach. God has ordained for you to be Zach. Repeat what you said. We were talking about, I What's your question, sir? Humility. Just like, what is that statement? Uh, nor is violence offered to the will of the creatures. I had a feeling someone would ask. Anyone know the answer to this? 
nor is violence offered to the will of the creatures. Is that like God isn't like violently like shaping your will or like telling us or like telling us to like move our arms this way? Yes. Okay, Basically, he yeah. is not like you're not a puppet. Where there's just strings on you and you're just like basically doing this, right? <laughs> As God wills. Um, yeah. God has decreed all things to pass in a certain way, but He is not uh, moving you in time as if you are just this puppet, right? Because He has created second causes. And the second causes, uh, like Luther has a great book on this, like the bondage of the will, right? Like where he talks about there is these two wills at force. Like Paul talks about this, right? There's the flesh and the spirit working, um, and they're pulling at you, if you will, and our tendency is to be pulled towards the flesh because we're in a fallen world as fallen creatures. That's where we lean. But the will of, the will of God, like the Holy Spirit working us to sanctify us and to make us holy, that is also pulling at us, right, if you will. It's not actually pulling, but like just terminology here. Pulling, right? Um, and so those two wills, those causes are at work, right? But even though the Holy Spirit is God and could, in, I guess, theory, just be like, actually, no, lift your hands, right? And zap you to do those things. That is not happening. Like, you have the experience of free will choice uh, in the entirety of God's construct of the universe, right? And that's... Everything comes into play into that. So time, space, continuum comes into space, like play in that. Um, your like your construct, your physical construct, like everything comes into play, right? So not just the dimensional components of everything, but also just the simple fact that you don't have knowledge of what the eternal decree is. If you had knowledge of what the eternal decree is, it would really blow things up. Because <laughs> now it's like now you are essentially going to act as a puppet or not. saying like there's no instances in the Bible where some people are like kind of like a puppet? No, they're not. Not in the sense that you're asking, but in the sense of did God know that this would happen? Did God decree for these things to pass this way? Yes. So knowledge of all things is always infinitely present. Like it cannot cease. But that does not mean that knowing what you will do, he is like controlling you to do that he has created oh sorry go ahead but so but what about like when he like when the bible says god hardened Pharaoh's heart yes so the hardening of heart right is a cause yeah but he's not causing him to sin it's a causation he has created it's a secondary cause that it's a, an ingredient that is coming into play by god's work in this case active work in time like just like the burning bush, right? That like Moses wouldn't have come to the conclusion of, oh, I should go and save my people, right? Like he, he obviously didn't want to even at the burning bush, right? But the burning bush is a moment in which that heart is softened, if you will, unlike Pharaoh's heart that was not softened. But it's a cause, it's a secondary cause. It is not... Uh, so even the hardening of Pharaoh's heart felt by God is secondary? It would be secondary in the sense that it, it's part of the, everything's part of the first, which is the eternal decrees, right? But it's a cause that's being permitted in the universe of the eternal decree to so uh, work in play in time. So here's my thinking, right? So if we're not capable, like born in our sinful state, if we're not capable 
um, loving God, following God, right? Just the, the simple and our natural state. Yeah. And, you know, obviously we would believe that repentance is only granted by the grace of God, with the power of the Holy Spirit. Yeah. No one has the power to repent yes. themselves. Yes. So if God refuses and denies repentance to some people, which he does, obviously. Yes. Isn't he kind of like just continuing to make them sin? Is he continuing to make them sin? No. He's continuing to allow them to sin. But by allowing that to happen mm -hmm. and not granting them repentance, right. he has the power to. Yes. The, the difference between power versus obligation. Yeah. God's not obligated. Is he kind of like setting them up to fail? No. No, no. I would never say that. The reason I wouldn't say that is because we set ourselves up to fail. And so we will only fail. We can only fail. The only reason we don't fail is because God allows at a moment for you not to fail. So the Pharaoh's heart, heart, heart hardening is not like he went into Pharaoh's heart and hardened it, right? Like he zapped hardness into his heart, right? But it's more so he relented grace for him to be softened. And what's the purpose behind that? To exercise God's authority, like to demonstrate God's power and authority over all the nations, especially to the most powerful nation at the time, uh, through the ten plagues. Sir, I have your Yes, I, I, have, I have you as a footnote. Okay. It's coming. Just finishing oh, with theology, Mike, here. Oh. So then I guess like my next question is like, and I think I kind of know where this is going, but is it... So, okay, so it's the allowing of them to do what sinful people do, right? Yes, um, it's the permitting of right, right, the right. secondary causes that all, that cause sin so to continue to function. I, had, like, I guess like throughout my life, yeah. it's like, you know how the Bible says we're born as sinners? Like from the moment we're born. So is it my fault that I'm born into a, sin, into a body and a line of sinful people that like, I didn't even have a chance. Like I'm, I'm done from the moment I'm you sound remarkably like Martin Luther right now, right before he got reformed. So I have, I have hope for you. Um, all you gotta do, all you gotta do, is almost get hit by lightning and then go into a tower and read Romans one. Um, actually, Romans one to nine. That will help you out. Uh, Sarah, your question. No, I think that's pretty much that. That's pretty much that. Yeah. How dare you call God unfair? Sorry, the question is. Yeah, it's kind of like because it's like it's like how you said we set ourselves up for failure, but mm -hmm. we are born as sinful people. Like, at, because Adam and Eve sinned, like now we're all sinful yes. mankind. But then yes. Like, like the same thing. Yes. Is it like? I didn't choose to be born this way. Why Why doesn't everyone get born like Adam and Eve with the chance to obey and demonstrate obedience, right? Um, so in a fallen world, because of Adam and Eve's federal headship over humanity, just as Christ is our head, who by his death and, and resurrection, we can be granted grace, like saving grace. Um, the construct of the universe by which, like, by God's eternal decree, the way the universe is made. The federal heads of Adam and Eve determine, uh, through their disobedience, a fallen world. Right? If they if they had obeyed, it would have meant you would have been born fully, like in Garden of Eden, and you would have enjoyed everything, right? 
um, but they didn't. That's the reality. We can't change history. They, their sin becomes our sin, essentially. Like we are born into that. Why? Because there's a curse involved, and that curse actually sets up the gospel first, right? It sets up the woman's offspring um, stepping on the head of the of the snake, and it biting the heel, right, of that offspring. So it, it essentially is like we can see through redemptive history that that fall. Um, brings to light the glory uh, manifested in Christ, right? Like, it's it's hard to say, like, it's hard for us to um, rest on this. And this is something we talked about before, is that, man, it seems like even in my really simple human mind, that God has all this power and authority where he could have created a universe where none of this really has to happen, where no son has to die, where no sin has to be committed, no nothing, right? Um... But I would tell you that as we learned in the first and second chapters, is that God in and of himself is all glory and blessedness in all things. And he has chosen to manifest his glory. Um, I mean, we talked about like, to like, ultimately, like preeminently, like it is the way he is manifesting his glory through creation for, for whatever reason. So the thing we have to rest on, even though it's a mystery to us, is that the universe we live in, this reality, is going to manifest God's glory, like, the most. Like, it is the greatest manifestation of His glory. And it's hard for us to fathom that because the story's not done. Like, we're not there at the conclusion where we will realize these things. Um, and we can talk about the fair language of, like, well, it seems really unfair that I need to take on um, a fallen form because of someone else's sin. Um, and that's, that's a, I think that's like a, from a human perspective, that's a viable argument. But it also goes to um, teach us the solidarity and the interconnectivity of the human race under God's. Like, we are ultimately being shown that no creature is on its own fending for itself. Like, there is there, an interconnectivity to the entire human race under God's providence, right? Um, which is difficult for us to really grasp that this is my responsibility because of this person, right? But I think what scripture is really teaching you is that um, at least you're not left to just die, right? That there is, even though that may be the case, that God doesn't just go, okay, well, you know, I told you if you sin, you will surely die, so everyone die now, right? Like, Giving us what is fair would be everyone die, right? But there is hope uh, in, in Jesus, and he provides that through his means, right? It's, it's hard. It's not easy. It's not, a, it's not an easy thing to grasp. Um, but we do need to understand that like, the entire construct of creation is ordered in that way, right? So as much as we don't want to be tied to Adam and Eve's sin, uh, we also don't want to be not tied to Adam and Eve's sin. Because, for example... If that, like, if their sin was not imputed upon you and you, you did not have that, then let's say you were, you did end up sinning. Like, you were created, and you're, you were born, and you had no original sin, and then you sinned. Like, you're, you're really on your own. Like, you would be immediately damned to hell. Like, there would be nothing for you. How do we know this? Lucifer, right? You have angels, you have creatures with free will, exercised it, saw heaven's glory, was in heaven, was in the presence of God, still sinned, and they fall, and you would be deserving of what they received. Right? And there's no angel Jesus that goes and saves Lucifer. Right? 
And we never feel sorry for him. Right? We're like, oh, no, Lucifer, oh, Lucy, oh, right? <laughs> Right? <laughs> Andrew the dog. Andrew's dog, right? <laughs> and we don't go, oh, poor Lucy, oh, he fell. He was an archangel and he fell. Oh, poor Lucy. Like, no one says that, right? None of you feel bad for the devil, right? So we feel bad for ourselves because we are ourselves. But really, like, if you were a third party, like another, like, creation of God with free will, and you were looking at humanity, you'd be like, no, no, like, send them all to hell. Like, what is this? Like, like, these are all unrighteous, like, heathens. Like, send them all to hell. Yeah. Wait, do you think that Lucifer regrets his decision? That's so... Like, oh, you are opening a can of worms here. I would say no. I, I don't think so. I think he's, like, looking at potentially, like, what happened to us. Like, having a savior for us and no savior for, for him. Um... If he's like human, like there might be like envy and like whatever, but I mean he's an angel. It's like it's got to be different. Yeah. Yes. Really quick, I think for Mikey and Sarah's uh, question, ultimately like it, it's a mystery, right? Like we're waiting for well, what, why, why we're like why Adam said we choose was why did God arrange things? Like, why couldn't God arrange things as individuals? If you sin, then you go to hell. Yeah. You're not gonna be blamed. I think like, you have to accept the that like, God could have done it on an individual basis. You're born sinless, so you have the opportunity. But it is infinitely important, so it's going to be interesting. You just have to kind of like, you know, right. but, but I'm okay with that. You're okay with that? Yeah, I know, I'm okay with that. I don't know. It's just Sarah, though. I don't She's not okay with that. <laughs> 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 got it. Got it. Augustine, I'm, I'm okay with that. Augustine, I think it's in City of God. It might have been Confessions. He talks about this in like really. In Latin, it sounds cooler, but in English, it's just, uh, in the garden, we were able to not sin, able to sin. So both things were capable. And then once we fell, we're not able to not sin. We can only sin. And then in the final, like, you know, glorified forms, when, when second coming, everything, done, we will finally be not able to sin. Right? And so that is, when you follow that flow, I think it, like, it obviously doesn't give resolution to the question, but I think it gives you, uh, sheds light on the fact that if we were still in a state, all of us, born into a life where we were able to sin, able to not sin, I can't, I mean, it's impossible to imagine that world, right? That would be very interesting. If we're able to not sin? If everyone was born without original sin, and everyone was able to not sin, able to sin, what that world would be like is quite fascinating. That is a very fascinating question. Yeah. Uh, C.S. Lewis touches on this in the Space Trilogy, if you ever get to read it. It's very, very fascinating. I'm actually surprised I never gifted this book to anyone. Maybe because I love it so much. I don't think anyone <laughs> deserves it. Um, it C.S. Lewis Space Trilogy is really, 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 really interesting take on this. There's multiple planets with Adam and Eve's, and basically like uh, Earth, we go there and then we like play the role of the serpent and we kind of infiltrate them and we like corrupt them. It's very interesting. Yeah, it's very, very interesting. Think about it. C.S. Lewis wrote a sci-fi. Isn't that, isn't that weird? <laughs> what a weirdo. Um, anyways, great points, great thoughts. Anything else before we kind of wrap this thing up? thoughts questions okay so the question of Nora's vines offered to the world of creatures 
is old English language, but basically it is what you meant, right? So God is not like forcing anyone violently, right, against their will to do his will, right? There is uh, a decree, but that needs to be separated from the secondary causes that God permits and allows in nature. So if you will, they're offenses, right? So if he's created, like eternally decreed this huge like acres of land, right, in which all of creation is, he has also fenced it within secondary causes. And the fences is what um, dictates and pulls and pushes at you, and he gives you the experience of choice of, in space and time because you don't have all knowledge of everything to come. He puts you into that field with all those fences, and those fences basically uh, provide the, the guidelines or the parameters by which you will function within that garden or within that field, right? And so there are things pulling at you. There are forces at play, right? A good way to understand this is, like, um, none of you chose, for example, when in human history you were born, to whom your parents were born, um, or where, geographically, what part of Earth you were born, right? But those three factors, all chosen and determined by God, if you will, this is a very simple way of looking at this, uh, pretty much determine everything. Like, for example, if I said, like, hey, what do you guys want to eat tonight, right? Like, how many of you are going to say, hey, let's go to, like, an Ethiopian restaurant? You guys even know what Ethiopian food is? Maybe some of you, right? It's pretty good. I don't know if you want to try it or not, right? Very few of you, right? Um, most of us will be like, oh, I want tteokbokki. I want, like, this. I want ramen. I want this. Whatever, right? Why? Because like, a lot of us are kind of Asian-born, or like we want Chinese food, or whatever food, right? Um, we have natural things we gravitate towards because of our, um, our origin, right, if you will. And those choices only exist to you because of where, when, and to whom you were born, right? Someone in another part of the world might not have access to those choices. There aren't even options that they can even like, like think about, right? So there is no choice that you can make in life that is fully uh, liberal from any influence, right? And so that's what we mean by these like secondary causes and these fences on a very primitive level, that there are forces at play that are invisible but are always at play, right? And they're causations of choice and they're causations of things. And that is what you will be judged on. So when we talk about predestination and election, people say, oh, God elected people to be saved and God elected to not be saved. Like, and then we just think of it very simply like that. And that's where you get into the, run into the problem of people saying, see, that's the problem with predestination and election and Calvinism. Because you guys are basically saying, God just chooses who to send to heaven and who, who to go to hell. And that's it. You, sure, at a shallow level, you can put it like that, right? But there's more to this. What you're being judged on is not on your... Uh, ability to know and follow the eternal decrees because you cannot know the eternal decrees it's not possible all you can be judged on is your life in accordance with his revealed will what is his revealed will it's the word of god so whatever the word of god teaches and tells you how you can be saved you will be judged on that nothing else Right? So God's not gonna, you're not gonna stand before God one day and he'll say, well, I mean, I eternally decreed all things. How come you didn't follow that, right? How come you didn't do the very thing that I eternally, or whatever, right? Why didn't you know that I eternally decreed these things? You will not be judged on that. You don't need to worry about who is elect and who is not. 
You don't need to have, like, your assurance of salvation should not be founded in, well, I think I was eternally decreed to be elect. Right? Like, that's not what you're being judged on. What you're being judged on, rather, um, is on your faith in Christ alone. Because that's how you're saved. That's how we receive justification. Right? So, what is revealed to you, that is how much you are to study. So, like, a professor wouldn't, like, or a good professor, right, will tell you, hey, here are the chapters I'm going to test you on. If he then goes and tests you on another chapter, you have reason to say, you are not good. (laughs) This is not fair. You told me chapters 1 to 10. Why are chapters 11 and 12 on this test? You have reason to say that. But in the same sense, God is saying, look, these chapters, I know these things. It is not your obligation and job to know these things. Study chapters 1 and 10, and you will be judged on these things. Sort of like that gives me a lot of solace because when I wrestled through these things, I was always thinking about that. When I realized that there's layers to causes, that there's a primary eternal decree, God the cause, and then everything else, and this is the realm in which we are judged, that is very important for you to understand. I hope that makes sense because a lot of people struggle and wrestle with this, right? And if you do have more questions, please, please talk to Richard and not me. Mikey's a good option to go to. (laughs) Our uh, resident theologian. Anyways, I'm going to wrap up with that, and then if there's any further things we want to talk about, we can, but I guess next week we're going to have to get to 3.2 and the rest. All right, let me pray, and we'll conclude. Father God, we thank you. We thank you for this time. We thank you for the opportunity to engage with really important things. We thank you for this church where we're able to study the confessions and and walk through these things and try to understand these things uh, the best possible way Uh, i know we're not perfect in our understanding and there's probably still bits of this that are really difficult for us to comprehend and 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 receive Uh, but god just help us to be faithful we ask uh, that you would just be with us throughout the week as we continue to live our lives um, as followers of christ pray all this in your name amen thank you